Is this song gonna pick up? Jeez. I'm already depressed. <laughs> uh, that's unbelievable. Oh, here we go. Uh, yeah, we are back. I am Steve Burns. Scary Cannon here. Well, I'm Steve Burns. The Gentleman's Success- Dojo. Successful headlining comedian, and to my left is Gary Cannon. Uh, comedian. You're in, I don't know how you're affiliated with stand-up, but in some way, but yeah. Uh, you are a comic. I was just asking you before we jumped on the air. Yeah. Do you make sure that your daughter sleeps in so you have just enough time to scrape off the eviction notices on your window every morning? Why do you do bits again on the air that didn't get a laugh in the... Uh, first of all, it's not a bit. I'm just asking. It's a bit. <laughs> Why would I have a vic- Jesus Christ, Gary. Unbelievable. We're back. I'm so excited. Steve, do you want to plug your special that you're filming in Chicago because obviously I'm sure ticket are going crazy okay right okay now. yeah anyways filming exciting. the new special February 6th Saturday February 6th Chicago oh. Lincoln Hall Theater oh. the tickets are on sale check it out Gary you will be there because you have nothing else to do obviously did you check in and see like how the sales are going does your phone ding every time somebody buys a ticket I mean, that would be great. I mean, it's extra hard today. I don't know what's going on today. You can either... You... Really? You you have not gotten a call from Conan today. (laughs) Something's happened. I can tell you this. People can either buy tickets, which I know they won't, or they can just walk by the theater on that day and look in the nearest dumpster and pull out handfuls (laughs) of them. Jesus Christ. They will be attached (laughs) to your CD. It's unbelievable. It's a little... What do you give me that face for? A little extra rough today. A little salty. Is something wrong at home? No. Something... Everything's fine. Yeah. Did the dog take a shit in the living room? Every October. I got to wait until 8 o'clock until Michelle gets home for it to be cleaned up? Because I know you ain't cleaning it. Every October... No, if I want to clean up shit, I'll go on the road with you, Burn. That's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When a dog takes a dump in your, <laughs> a dog it takes a, a dump in your liver. <laughs> yeah, we're okay. I so, usually use your CD cover to clean anywho, it up. Anywho, I am so excited for today's Champion show. Champion is right. on Netflix. You can check it out. G- Gary, where can they see your? Oh, well, at Warner Brothers can... Live. They can just come to Warner Brothers. That's where I'm at live. Request tickets. Park there. Come over there, and I'm there Monday through Thursday. If you'd like to come there as well, that's where I'm at. So once the show starts at Conan, what time does the taping start? Four o'clock. Four o'clock. Yeah. So if I get there at four o'clock for the show, correct. When do I see you? Four oh seven to four twenty-two. Doing. Oh wait a minute. Oh, the show starts at four thirty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So so if it's if the taping starts at four thirty, right? I get there to go see Conan. I see the taping. You're part yep. of show business. Correct. When do I see you after four thirty? Uh Exactly. We don't. Oh, okay. We don't see you at okay. all. Okay. Can I see you Once at all they on the Warner action, Brothers lot? Nothing. Can I see you at on the Warner Brothers lot at yeah, some point? Yeah, there's a plaque with my name on it, actually, <laughs> for a show we did. So, anyways, today is a great episode. As excited you may or may not know, I'm a huge ho- hockey fan. I grew up in Pittsburgh. Always been a Penguins fan. You are from Detroit. Do you have any Detroit Red Wings memories? Have you been any games? Yes. Do you have any recollections of the great run that the Wings had? Great story. Yeah. Years and years ago. My buddy and I went to what they did called. Uh, uh, there were it was a fundraising event called the Red Wings Dinner on the Ice, mm-hmm. and basically what it was is they brought all these tables and chairs down to Joe Louis Arena where they used to play, yes. still play, and you could eat with one of the members of the Red Wings. Oh, so how long did it take to set up the chairs? <laughs> You're salty. You're a little Please, salty get too. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Okay. So they do this They do this dinner on the ice. Mm-hmm. We actually got teamed up um, when we bought the tickets. I think it was for uh, uh, Children's Hospital of Detroit. That was what the fundraiser was sure. for. And we didn't sit with an actual player, but we sat with uh, Mickey Redmond, who was the announcer for the Red Wings. Okay. And we loved him, so we got right. to sit with him. But what was so funny at the time, uh, that night I got literally trashed. Just literally trashed. 23, 24. Okay. So we go there, and what's funny is there's a lot of little kids there who don't know who some of the Red Wings are. They're just right. young. So what my buddy would do, because anytime anybody sees somebody signing something and, or, or there's a line created, everybody just assumes I got to get in that line. Right. Something good's going on. So my buddy, who was wearing a suit at the time, just starts signing an autograph for me. And just out of nowhere, just kids start coming up and being like, hey, can we get your autograph? Like having no idea oh, who this guy was. Poor kids. <laughs> Classic and cannon. he told him that he was Joe Coy, because obviously everybody assumes that that's he's because he's so popular. Mm. He's not doing a podcast. Uh, he is. He, oh, he is. Yeah. Oh, then it gets listeners. 
<laughs> Jesus Christ, Gary. Promote that date one more time about the Chicago show. Gary, I know would that we you need shut to move the fuck up? up. Would you Have just we sold shut any up? tickets for that thing? Yes. I've never I've never heard of a headliner that wants guest sets to come with him on the road. No, so that's the you, you piece of shit. Press. Don't just don't so the guest sets can do press. Don't take your on the road and do it on the podcast. <laughs> that don't get lost. So today we have a very special guest. Yes. Uh, former Chicago Blackhawk, former Toronto Maple Leaf, and current Florida Panther Dave Bolin. This is a guy I met when I lived in Chicago. Uh, we could go over how we met each other and all that stuff, but he literally lived out every kid's fantasy. And I think every kid, when you're growing up. If you're playing street hockey, you're playing basketball, whatever sport you are, you get the basketball in your hand, you do the countdown, three, two, for the game, release it, it goes in, we win the NBA Finals, every I'm kid's got be that on dream. The gentleman, Sojo, one day. <laughs> so they're not thinking about getting laid they're not thinking about the victory they're thinking about one day i score that winning shot that winning goal i may be on a podcast with a b-level headliner how great would that be well i think most kids growing up dream of doing something in the form of their athletics and dreaming of something down the road women's Whereas volleyball you, bitch yeah there you yeah, go you that's just, what i do shuffleboard you, know, you are a proud season season ticket holder to the LA Sparks which I know you're <laughs> well, I, listen a lot of people play sports to get laid I got laid without the sports that's what happened to me oh yeah that's I was, right you fucked your mom yeah I was in banging bedroom, right I was banging all the time yeah why don't I you do a, the joke that why don't you do the joke so everybody can hear it go oh you oh in case and I'll be the audience great this is the joke that I can't believe you still do on the uh, good great the joke is a lot of people ask me where I lost my virginity right I actually lost my virginity in my parents bedroom because it was the only place my mom felt comfortable. Oh. You guys don't moan, you'll just sound like her. I By the way, do the joke starts <laughs> off, a lot of people ask me how I lost my, because you fuck so much. Right. Gary, Boom. how did you lose, nobody's ever asked you that. You don't even know how to set it up. No, the joke is I asked somebody in the audience who they lost their virginity to. But actually, this is almost like one oh, of your the, shows, because uh, the there's one person bit. here. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Uh, so today we are going to be talking a little hockey. Do you have any any great hockey recollections, though, growing up? Were you a Wings fan? Did you go to games? Yeah, I mean, yeah. listen, back in Detroit, I mean, Bob Probert was the guy. You know what I mean? Probert was the guy. And any time that he got on the ice, there were always these great fights. I mean, you knew that that was coming. Right. Um, Iserman was the big guy in Detroit, you know, when I was there. It was so funny because, you know, it's, it's weird in Michigan, especially the Detroit area. I mean, mm -hmm. hockey is just the shit. I mean, that's what people... Love. I mean, going to a right. game was always a big deal. You go down to downtown Detroit, get a little Caesar's pizza, because obviously uh, Mike Illich at the time owned the Red Wings. I mean, it was just great. Right. So, you know, to me, as far as I'm concerned, that's – I think hockey's one of the best sports to watch live. I mean, in terms of like – that's what everybody says. The Even, action. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you want to go have a lazy day at the ball game, grab a beer – Baseball is obviously the thing, right? But, I mean, in terms of just action and any seat that you're sitting in is always great. I mean, I'm usually in the front row just because I have connections. Yeah. Look, I think I think just most guys, if you're a casual sports fan, every guy who watches sports center at the end of the night, football so start, stop, start, stop. And I think fantasy football has helped football just go – I mean, people are just batshit crazy. People watch out-of-market games to see other fantasy football teams do. Uh, for me, it's just the stop-start, the, the the loss of momentum. I like a current – I like a flow in a sport. NBA, the last – you know, if it's if it's a close game, if a team's down by two points, the last minute of NBA game will will take literally six right. minutes. It's like right. you're going to foul, then they foul, then they – it's just – it takes all the momentum out. Baseball, my God, I mean – it could be four hours sometimes. It's, right. It's, but hockey, everybody says when you go see a game live, there's nothing better. Just the flow, back and forth, offense, offense, defense, big hits, fights. I don't think there's anything like it. Um, did you ever – were you entranced at all to to try hockey? Or did you did you play anything at all? <laughs> did you ever play a sport? No, 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 Classic. I didn't. But I will tell you this. I will say this. When I owned the original – original Nintendo. Right. And easily, I mean, everybody says, you know, Tecmo Bowl was one of the best sporting games or at least best football games for any console that, you know, was from Nintendo forward. Right. But I will tell you, I mean, I remember getting uh, Blades of Steel. Oh, yeah. For Nintendo. 
holy shit, how great was that game? Blades of Steel was the best, yeah. I mean, and, and you look at it best. now, it's so archaic, but so archaic. Back in the day, that was that was the game, absolutely. But even when when you would bit the uh, when the Sega Genesis came out and the newer systems, and they had the NHL hockey, which replicated all the players, mm-hmm. and you could speed skate, you could get into those fights. The ambulance would come out, start knocking players over. Like, how great was that? I mean, it just it, it upped the game so much because when the original Atari system had the hockey, it was just like one on one hockey. It was just so poorly made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, those were the graphics back in the day. Um, well, that's awesome. So, I mean, were you an Iserman fan? Yeah, I mean, I think. Listen, you're in Detroit. I mean, you know, everybody's an Iserman fan. I mean, I, yeah. you know, but but I got to tell you, just in terms of like the good natured bully, you know, in terms of the guy that was the badass on the ice, but everybody still rooted for it. it was Probert. I mean, it was just like, you know, he was the guy, Chris Osgood. I mean, like so many great people that were part of that Detroit team years ago yeah. when I was growing up. I mean, obviously we had the Pistons, we had the bad boys and all them, mm-hmm. but I mean, you know, hockey, it's such a big part of Detroit and it's, you know, it's one of the few sports that is actually still played downtown. I mean, back in that right. time, they moved all the sports back down. And Detroit is home to... Are, are you know the second greatest and for decades the greatest player of all time, Gordy Howe. Right. Um. And until Gretzky comes in and shatters all the records, and I'm I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, which is a huge hockey town. The Penguins. I mean, obviously, we got so lucky with drafting Lemieux in '84. He turned the franchise around, and then we hit pay dirt again with Yager, and then to get Crosby as well, and and Malkin. But here we go now. We have uh. Calling from, uh, call, I, I believe he's in Florida. He's got to be. Uh, Dave Bolin. Dave, how are you doing, buddy? Hey, what's going on, Steve? <laughs> it's so good to have you. Welcome to the Gentleman's Dojo. The, the, to, to my left is Gary Cannon. I don't believe you've. You no, we have. Gary, yeah. So I have a funny story, Dave, Dave. you're not going to remember this, but the very first season that Sullivan and Son was taping, which would have been in Television 2012. That I, that I created. Let me finish. Yeah. Uh, Dave doesn't even remember this. Uh, <laughs> the very first year. We were actually walking from the parking structure to the stage together. I don't know if you remember this. I said because I found. I remember. I was there with. I was there with my buddy Terry. I think I was there with. Oh, that's right. Yeah. uh, Yes. Because you said you said, "Hey, I don't know where the stage is," and then I said, "Hey, I'm going over there too." And as we were walking, I said, "Hey, are you on the show or or, are you an actor?" And you said, "Oh, no, 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 I'm 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 not an actor at all." And I was like, "Oh, then he would be a perfect fit for this show because nobody (laughs) on that show was an actor." Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Dave's like, "I have no comedic ability," and I was like, "You'd be great if you'd be a great fit for this." Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Unbelievable. Dave, you and I secretly know that was hot garbage, but go ahead, Steve. Fuck you, Gary. (laughs) Honestly. so Bolin, so great to have you. Thank you so much for taking time. And we are getting into the NHL season now. You're you're just a, a week away from the preseason. How has your preseason gone so far? Our preseason's gone pretty good. We've uh, we've won right, uh, one or two games. We played three or four games just uh, in the past week and a half. They shortened yeah. it from uh, they shortened it from last year. We don't really have as many games as used to. We used to have like seven or eight games, but I think. Uh, like a lot of the guys wanted to shorten it down and just get a few games in and let our bodies rest instead of beating each other up in preseason. Yeah. Wait yeah, till uh, wait till regular season get get all beat up. So I think we got one more game left against Tampa and then uh, we have a week off and we go play Philly. So I think uh, we're we're uh, we're pretty excited for it and jacked for it. Boy, you're starting out of the gates uh, in, with, with the Flyers. It's always a rough and tumble team. But I got I got. Let's go back to the beginning. So you. You grew up in Mimico, is that am I saying it right? Mimico, Ontario. Yep, you and, got it right. You got it. <laughs> and describe describe your hometown for folks that don't know, because primarily most of us here listening are in the U.S. Describe Mimico, Ontario. Mimico is probably just one street uh, from it's called Royal York Road. Um, down the street from me, there's a bar called the Blue Goose Tavern. Which I'm sure um, you were going to at 12. Goes, that's, where, that's where my dad always hung out. <laughs> if I needed to, uh, if I ever needed to find him, I just get hop on the bike and go there. <laughs> he would always just um, be there. Yeah, beers are so, probably uh, a nickel. It, I'm sure. Part what's that? I said beers are probably like a nickel. They're probably dirt cheap. Oh yeah, 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 dirt cheap. It's that Canadian beer, right? Right. So the then, dollar's not good right now. So. But you're you're a young boy growing up in in Ontario. I mean, hockey is just. I mean, you're you're kind of forced into it. I, I assume, right? I mean, it's just part of your For nature. Sure. Oh, it is, it is, it is. And I think my my dad came over from Scotland. He immigrated over from Scotland around 
84 or 85, so he did not know anything about hockey. Um, <laughs> he, thinks, he still thinks he taught me how to play hockey, but uh, he was more of a soccer player. But, uh, I could still uh, still see him. But, uh, but yeah, like, growing up in Canada, growing up where I am from, you know, it's, like, it's the mecca of hockey. It's Toronto. Mimico uh, is basically Toronto. It's just a little township. Just uh, just inside Toronto, but uh, we'd be there was a there was a rink either an outdoor rink or a or a main rink that was indoor. Uh, probably every five minute drive, you you wow. you go. If you went east, you you hit a rink. If you went west, you hit something. There was always a rink everywhere around uh, where I live. So we we were always out playing. And minus twenty, we'd be down the street with our skates and. A few Jesus. pair of pants on and joggers and that, and we just playing hockey. See, minus twenty. Now, how old are you when you first were on the skates? I was. Let me think. I'm pretty sure. I think I think I was around six because my older brother was playing, and I think I, where he was out in the ice playing, and my parents, my my dad was there, and my dad, I was just like, oh, I want to play hockey, and I remember we couldn't really afford much, uh, just a blue collar family. So I think it was my uncle that helped out a little bit, helped us find some skates and equipment for me, and I just started skating. Now, when you when you when when you're a young kid playing up in Canada, especially, I think everything's just so accelerated in terms of you know they're scouting kids at a young age to go into juniors and stuff. At, at what age do you do you discover? Wow, I I actually got a talent for this. This could maybe perhaps go somewhere. At what age does that happen for you? I think for myself, I think it was around. I think it was around like damn, so I'd probably be around fifteen, fourteen, uh, and I'm probably a little bit lower. I was making triple A teams, and we went. We had like a pee wee tournament. We went and played this pee wee tournament. That's where a lot of guys go and play. And a lot of young guys you see like all around, like Mike Camilleri. Um, they they put like a Russian team. I think like Evgeny Malkin and Ovechkin. They played in that. Right. And there was a big tournament there. So I remember going over there playing. We had a big tournament there. I played for the Toronto Red Wings and. It was fun. We lived with a family. You'd board with another family, and you'd, you'd live with them for a week. So it's pretty neat uh, at the time. But I think around like age 15, 16, when I went to the OHL and started playing with uh, the London Knights, I sort of my first year didn't really do too well. Uh, I had Dale Hunter under my uh, I had Dale Hunter as my coach, but he eased <laughs> me into it, and I wasn't really a, a full player as I am now. Uh, I didn't really care about my defense, the defensive zone. I didn't really go back into my defensive zone. I didn't really think about it. Um, didn't know there was even a defensive zone uh, at that age. So <laughs> yeah, you're just young. Until, you just want to uh, score. Until, what's that? You're just young and you want to score. But but as you're growing up in Toronto yeah. and, and and you're starting to make strides, what I mean was were the Maple Leafs your favorite team? And if so, yeah. who, And who was who was your favorite player at that time growing up? Who was your idol? Um, like the Leafs were. We would. I remember going to. 7-Eleven and getting a huge large Slurpee and a, and a huge bag of Dorito chips and getting home and start watching the Leafs game. Uh, we we did that every night, uh, every two nights. Uh, that's what kids would do. Uh, who did I like? Who was my favorite player? My favorite player going up was actually the president of the uh, of the uh, of the Maple Leafs, is Shanahan. Uh, he was he was one of the guys that grew up in Mimico as well. He went on to play for the Red Wings. I think he won three cups and had a few goals. So wow, he was one of my uh, one of my idols. That's unbelievable. And Shanahan, obviously a Detroit Red Wing. Right. Gary Gary uh, went to a few, quite a few games when he was younger. So you start your junior hockey with the London Knights, and yeah, I mean Dale Hunter. Dale Hunter. Most hockey fans know he's he's that classic old school. <clears throat> He'll fight. He can score. He can do a little bit of everything. But he's a tough guy, and he's the coach there. So your first year. In 63 games, you get seven goals, 10, 10 assists. You get 17 points. The next year you come back, you just go through the roof. You get 37 goals, 30 assists. You get 67 points. What happened between that first year with the London Knights to the second year? What, 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 was there something you did in the offseason or something that just sparked the transition to, to turn it around? No, I think, I think it was like that first year I came in there. I wasn't as big. I was still learning. I was, Jesus, I was probably like a buck. A buck forty, a buck fifty. Wow! So I was still tiny. I was still growing. I was still trying to get into my my body, hitting puberty probably. But uh, 
I was still I was still growing, and I and as well, I, I didn't really know how to play the game right. I knew how to play the game as going trying to score goals and cheating up high, and not really thinking about about my defensive zone. And that's what Dale Hunter and Mark Hunter, the one night, really taught me how to play the game and and how to be an all around player. Um, that was the that was a big thing with them. Is if you're not going to play defense, you're not going to play. And that first year, that's probably why I didn't have as many points and. And that's so I was like, they were teaching me the game and they're learning and getting into it. And I thank them all the time because they made me into the player that I am today. Right. And, and this is something I don't think most folks in the States know because, uh, you know, I think, I think people casually like hockey, the hardcore hockey fans will know this, but when you're playing juniors, like, like if you're successful in a sport here in the States, you live with your family you're vying for a college scholarship. Maybe you'll get scouted. And then you get to play football at Notre Dame and you hope to get drafted. When you're a young kid in Canada and you're going up and you have some semblance of talent with hockey, you start playing for these junior teams, but you have to leave your house and go live with somebody else. I mean, how crazy is that that you have? I, I just can't wrap my head around letting my 13 or 14 year old son go live with somebody else in a different township. How, how does that kind of. Uh, shape and mold your childhood looking back, especially those formative years being a, being a teenager? For sure. Those, when you're 15, 16, I think I was gone when I was 16 or so. So I'm pretty sure I yeah, 16, 17 around there. And that's basically when you're changing, your body's changing, you're growing facial hair, and you're really changing as a person. Um, I think I was in high school. I was living with a different family. Um, it was first year was weird. I was like, what am I doing here? I'm like, <laughs> not with my family. Like, I, I don't know these people. Right. Um, like, are the families always very, food? are the families always very kind of giving? I mean, cause they kind of know the situation. Yeah. So they're, they're very no, they're, open. They're great. Every family's great. Like, they, they, they know the situation. So they try to make it just like home. Like, what do you have at home? Like you have this and that. And like, I can make, how can we make this for you uh, easy? And how can we make it just so you can, be yourself and, and enjoy it. That first year was probably the toughest. I was two hours away from home, and you're just like, oh my god, like, what am I doing here? Like, I'm, did, why can't I just be at home with all my other friends that I have at school? Like, did right? any? How much easier is that? Did any right? of the families that you were staying with have a hot daughter you wanted to bang? <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, no, no. They didn't have a hot daughter. Mom? No. no. But I, I think <laughs> I, if, if I look back, there's a few guys who did. So. Oh. God, you know that's going to happen. I mean, you know, know it's going right? to happen. Yeah. We've seen Young Blood. So funny. <laughs> young Blood, that's great. <laughs> now oh, you... yeah, like, yeah, they, they put him down in shape. <laughs> and then you get invited in, in 06 to play the World Junior Championship. And you you alluded to that earlier with Ovechkin and Malkin playing in that. And you guys win it. You win it all. And in that. Uh, I, I mean, that's 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 got to be a great. That's your first taste of. Uh, well, you won you you won the Memorial Cup with the London Knights the year prior to right, yep. and then back to back in '06, then you win that that the gold there. So now, are you starting to you know form form the mindset of a championship? Or are you just thinking, wow, I'm really lucky? Or are there things you're you're doing along the way where you're you're picking up and maybe discerning how to win. It was, I think, like the, the Memorial Cup helped it. We had a great team there, and everything was great. We had, I can see how many guys that play in the NHL now that that uh, that played our team for the Memorial Cup. Um, that helped. And then the year after, we were, I think, the Canadians. We weren't even. They're like, oh, we weren't even supposed to win it. They had us. I think placed at like fourth or fifth. Mm-hmm. I think Russia was supposed to be first, Finland, and I think it was like Czech. So we were, we weren't even, they, they didn't even have us in the, the gold medal round. So it was pretty nice. Like we were, they were like, okay, these guys aren't even going to make it. So I think it was more of an incentive for us and our team uh, to work harder and to achieve and be like, well, screw these guys. Like who do they think they are? And it was also in Canada. So I think we had our fans behind us as well. And, it was pretty crazy, actually, to, to win it in Vancouver. Yeah. Um, in, in, in front of Canadian fans uh, when it was called the GM place. Uh, it was probably the biggest, uh, compared to the Royal Cup to this, it was one of the biggest uh, I've ever been to. It's amazing because you have, 
you have a resume of winning. I mean, you go back to 02 when you're playing minor hockey with, with the Toronto uh, Red Wings, and you guys win yep. the OHL Bantam Championship, and you're a young kid mm-hmm. then. You're, you're probably in high school. You get four points in the championship game. Then you go on, win the Memorial Cup with the London Knights. Then, you world, again, you win the World Junior Championship in Canada. You guys win the gold. So all these little signposts along the way, as a kid, are you thinking – I got a shot here, or are you seeing other guys that are on the team that are more prolific and and have have the name and and have the agents coming up to them afterwards? Uh, are are you just is it kind of in the back of your head like maybe I could do this, or are you thinking I'm going to be a professional hockey player? Uh, I'm not saying I was going to be a professional hockey player, but I did have my sights set on that. I <clears throat> I didn't have a lot of agents coming up to me. I, I had my one agent when I was younger. Uh, my first two years of junior, uh, things didn't work out with with him, um, and I moved on to another agent, and they've helped me ever since, and they've been great with me. Um, but I never had, I never really had that, that I never really had that eye on being like, oh, I'm going to be in the NHL. I always had in the back of my head, I, like, I want to play in the NHL, I want to play, but, but you, you can see there's only a select a few that, that actually make it and stick. Um, I used to play Brian Bickle. Um, he used to play with me on my Toronto Red Wing team. Uh, <laughs> That's great. And a guy like Wojtek. And a guy like Wojtek Wolski. Uh, he also played in my GTHL uh, back in my younger days. We right. were the only three guys that really made it and almost stuck for a bit up in the NHL. Yeah, it's just the odds are constantly against you. I, I, I think as you get older, yeah. you, you develop your skills more. And so I, I'm sure there's guys you played with when you were younger where kids are like, oh, my God, he's the ne- he's yeah. going to make it. And then they just don't. Yeah. And, I mean, in retrospect, I wish you're, I bet that first agent would see your resume now, and especially the contract you signed in Florida, and he's probably like, I should go fist fuck myself. I can't believe right. I let this kid go. Um, fuck yeah, yeah. And that's <laughs> one thing. It's one of those things that you, hey, like, they, they thought they had it, and things didn't happen, things didn't go well, and they, they lost it, right? So it's just one of those things that happen, and it is. It's, it's a crazy, uh, it's crazy, I think. Whereas, you see something that happened when they're younger, and some of them just lose interest, and they don't want to play anymore. They maybe get caught up in their, whereas, their, whereas in their friends, and they want to they want to do more with their friends, and they don't want to succeed in the hockey. Right. But on the flip side, I'm sure Steve's agents look at his resume, and they're like, fuck, I made the right thing by getting rid of that motherfucker. Okay, Gary. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, so oh, boy. That's a dead resume. Oh, boy. <laughs> <Thank> you. Big <laughs> so, fan, Dave. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. So, in 0-4, you have this great, great run with the London Knights where, again, you turn it around, and then you get drafted by the Hawks, and you got drafted in the second round. So, so as they're going into the 0-4 uh, draft, uh, are, are are you thinking, you know, you could go in the first round, or are you thinking you could go in the second? What is your mindset going into that draft? Are, you know... Well, they have, you know, you know how they have all, like, the projections, they go, like, this first round, second round, third round, and I was sort of slated in the first round, and they're like, well, his size, and he's not that big, and, mm-hmm. like, how's he going to pan out? Is he going to get bigger? And you have all those doubts, right? I mean, you can see it, you've also seen it, Steve, and Anybody else that sees it, like, you, you see kids coming up, and you can see a lot of kids coming up now these days that are not that big. Right. Smaller, and they're, they're, they're fast, and they have speed, and I think if you have heart, you can you can make it. Um, so I did have that doubt. I was like, oh, am I going to go the first round, second round? Uh, I'm glad I actually went in the second round. It, it helped me a lot better. Um, I went to Chicago, and the rest is history, right? Yeah, I mean, you, then you you spent some time with the Norfolk Admirals, and then yeah, a majority yeah, yeah. of time with the Rockford IceHogs. Is that correct? Yeah, More so with I was Rockford. there for uh, I was there for about fifteen few games. Yeah, and then and then you and then your first. Was, I think it was. I think it was great. I think most kids should these days go play a year or two in the HL. I think I got a whole lot. I, I think I I I was taught a whole lot. Um, you're just not getting stuck into that NHL and get to learn how to play. I think I had a great coach down there with Mike Havlin that also came up with me. He went out to the to the Blackhawks and he was there with us uh, for our runs. So he was uh, he was my coach down there and he was he was a great coach for me. 
And I, it seems like this has been something that, that's gone on through your career where maybe you're not the guy that, that gets the magnifying glass on him and everybody's like, oh, this is the next guy, this is the next. It's just true grit, determination, that underdog mentality that has persevered for your mentality in, time, in terms of your drive towards getting towards that next step. So when, you're, when you get out of that, when you leave the London Knights and now you're, you're drafted by the Hawks and you're with Rockford and you're with Norfolk, what is the mindset there? Because you see guys coming down from, from the <clears throat> NHL and you see you're, everybody's trying to get back up to the big leagues. I mean, it's got to be so competitive there. What is your mindset and, and, and what are you thinking as you're playing those games trying to get yourself to that next level? For me, it was just doing the right things. Um, you see some kids now, they, they just think they're goal scorers and they want to score goals. And I think that's how that's, I learned that growing up, coming to, uh, coming to London. Uh, I thought I was a goal scorer and I thought I was going to be a goal scorer and I was a goal scorer when I eventually came into myself when playing with London. Um, but it's a little bit different coming up to the NHL. It's a lot harder and you're playing against men. And, I had to learn that, and I remember coming up, and they were slotting me in and out, and I got sent down. I was back up. I got sent down, and uh, I think my first year, so I went to Norfolk. I got called up, played, I think, one or two games, three games, and it was hard. It was tough. It was I had to learn how to play the game, and I remember them sitting. I remember Dale Cowan and a lot of guys and the coaches sitting me down, telling me like, "Hey, this is what you got to work on. These are the things." And I went back down and worked on those things, and trying to get better. And I knew once I had to come back up, I had to do, like I wasn't going to be a scorer or I wasn't going to be the top guy like I was in junior. Um, either I had to do a penalty kill or I had to play the fourth line role of of, uh, of just crashing and banging and be right. a third line role of shutting down their top guys. Right. And that's something you specialized in. You know, especially in your times in in, in Chicago, anytime the the Sedins or Vancouver came to town, that's that's what everybody was always gearing up for and salivating. Gary, do you? Just, but, Dave, oh, yeah. but Dave, when do you feel? Because I know as comics, like there's certain times where you know you want to get when you're starting off as a comic, you want to get that spot on the Tonight Show, or you want to get that first Comedy Central special, and that's when you feel like, wow, I, I'm finally a comic. Like, when do you feel like you were? officially like you officially made it like was it when you signed with the Blackhawks was it when you scored that like when is that when do you feel like shit I'm I'm finally living that dream of what and maybe it was earlier than that but when do you feel like oh my god this is really where I wanted to be I, I can't believe I'm here what was that moment for you well that was probably my first time in my first contract so signing my first contract with the with the Chicago Blackhawks was was knowing that hey like geez fuck I have a chance to to be here, I had a chance to, to play and, and and to be an NHL player. And from there, it was just working hard and, and having the heart and passion to 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 stick up and and to stay in the NHL instead of being a guy that's been sent down to the NHL and back up and sent back down and back up. And you you don't want to do that. You want to be yeah. Literally, you want you, you want to, you want to be you want to be on the plane instead of a bus. <laughs> and when you, exactly. when you and when you sign that contract, is there something that you you want to buy right away? Like there's like oh my god I I have this like is there like one thing that you had always wanted that you're like okay great I'm gonna buy that bar that my dad got into yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna take the fifty dollars I'm gonna yeah, buy that bar I'll have the beer service <laughs> was there but, one thing that you really wanted uh, I think just buying a new car I had a I had an old Blazer I think it was like a 1980 oh yeah Chevy Blazer goddamn Blazer yeah Chevy Blazer I remember he did. During the winter time, you'd be shivering, getting home from the rink, and I don't think that he'd even work in the car. In the car, and uh, <laughs> you'd get me and Dylan Hunter, a few of the boys, Rob Shrimp, would be piling in from the rink to get home. And uh, I think that was probably the first thing was, was was getting myself a new car and to to really get into it. Like, and then the rest is just putting it away. So yeah. funny, Steve just bought that blazer from you. Okay, fuck you guys. So I gotta ask you, <laughs> and and when you're when you're ping ponging between the AHL and NHL, look, you're a young guy at that time. You're you know you're young. You're uh, how do you keep your emotions in check going back and forth and back and forth? Because it's got to be just crushing one minute, like you said, to be on the plane with the Hawks and you're in the NHL and then. Yeah. And then you go back. How how do you keep your your focus to stay positive? What is that like? 
it is. It's it's tough because you get you get you get called up and you're like, oh, like I'm having a chance. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And then out of nowhere, you get sent down, and then you're off. You're wondering like, what did I do wrong? Like, why did I get sent down? Sometimes it's just you're easy to, for for a guy that has a two way contract. It's easier to send him down and save money. Or there's different. There's so many different things with it, but uh, just keeping your head on straight straight level. I think. Some guys maybe get too high, some guys maybe get too low and their confidence goes down and they may not do so well when they come back up or, or so. But I think for myself, um, I always had great people surrounding me and great coaches to, to keep me positive uh, right. if I was, when I was sent down. Uh, they always always having a guy to talk to or a coach, a great coach to talk to. They'd be like, hey, yeah, it's like, don't worry about it, you'll be back up, just keep playing your game and doing what you do best. And I think that was that was the best. Just keeping positive now. Now, so that that's so great though. In '06, it, it technically is your first year in Chicago uh, with the Hawks, and it, it's so easy to think of the Hawks now as this elite franchise in the National Hockey League. But at the time, it couldn't be further from that. So, what do you? I mean, what are you thinking when you go to the Hawks at that time? Because they are not the Hawks we know now. No, they weren't. <laughs> they weren't the Hawks. And you, I remember going to a game and. Actually, like it's pretty funny now. Like, <clears throat> I remember my first game being called up, and actually, I my first game was against the Vancouver Canucks. <laughs> and my first, my it was actually my first game was against the Vancouver Canucks. And then I lined my first shift was against the Sedin Twins and oh, and uh, Marcus Naslin, and I was like, oh boy, I'm like this ain't gonna go well. Yeah, <laughs> I think I was, I think I was, I think I was already like minus two. I was like, Jesus, like this is gonna be a long one, but. It's, uh, it is, I remember looking at the fans, looking up in the stands, and there was hardly any people there. There maybe six, 7,000 fans there. Yeah. That's crazy it was, to it, see. Like, when you see that, when you, when you look at that then, then you see it now, it's like, what a drastic change. Like, what a change that, that was. Yeah, I mean, you were a huge part of that turnaround in terms of that, that, that core there. So, in, mm-hmm. in the time that you played in Chicago, um, I gotta ask: Do you get sick of hearing Chelsea Dagger every time you guys score? It's such a, it's a great tune, but for you guys personally, is it just is it a bit annoying hearing that song over and over again? Oh yeah, like it was the first when the fans were coming back in and everything was crazy. It was like, fuck, this is awesome. Got this song going and everybody's going crazy, everybody's going nuts, and you're like, Jesus, like this is awesome. And then you get into the later years, you're like, okay, I'm sick of this. <laughs> <laughs> and now, what is what is the tipping point? When did you see the difference? When did you see that that change in the culture, and even in the city and in the fan base in Chicago? Because you come in, like you said, in 06, there's six, 7,000 people in the stands, and then all of a sudden, yeah. I mean, the Hawks are like the hottest ticket in town, if you think about it now, but what was that tipping point for the franchise that, that, that you saw personally? Well, then it was a year after. I think uh, Dale Talon went out and he got some great, uh, great players. Uh, I remember the, the, the year after he we went to the Western Conference Finals. We lost to Detroit, and uh, Quinville was our coach. And uh, Quinville's just a, a great coach. He was always great to me. He he sort of molded me into that NHL player and that third line banger, uh, third line kind of guy, shutting down uh, top lines. But mm-hmm. that that year we lost to the. Uh, that year we lost to uh, Detroit Red Wings. We were like, geez, we, 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 we could have a chance here to go all the way to the finals and, and make it. And I think we, we knew things were changing and the fans were coming back and things were getting crazier. And then the year after, we had Marion Hosek come in and, and Thomas Kopecky. And uh, I think that just took us over a little bit over the edge there. And uh, that was when we were getting better. And I think Dale Talon was a guy that, that put that team together in Chicago and, and sort of form that team. And I think you put good players together and you, you put a winning team together and you're going to get the fans to come back. And, right. Uh, eventually came back and we, we won there, right? Yeah. So 2010, you guys win the Stanley cup and you look at that parade and you see the outpouring of love and emotion and, millions. I mean, we're not talking like hundreds of thousands. This is millions of people no. blocking the street. You just yeah. see a sea of red. What is that like seeing the city just fall in love with that team and you guys especially? It was crazy. It, it, was, it was just such a drastic change from nobody to <laughs> 06, 07 to like 
few years later to we can't go at most places. We can't like you go for dinner and everybody's saying hello and it was awesome. It was great and uh, just to have fans like that was was awesome. I know the Chicago fans were always great to me and they were great people and like always. Um, but seeing that 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 parade and seeing how crazy it was and the amount of fans that we had was stupid really. I was like, oh my god, like. People were throwing confetti from top of the roofs. We were going. I think I think we were down. Lot, I'm not forget which street goes from uh, goes from the United Center and goes all the way downtown right. to Millennium Park. I think I'm not sure if it was Washington or, or which one it was, but like the streets everywhere. If you look down like the main, you go down that main street and then you see the side streets and they were packed like, right. a good a good a good mile back and it was unbelievable. Uh, it was just it was just nuts and to see that. To see the Oaks for like that in those stands was, was was awesome. And by the way, Steve, you can't see his face, Dave, but Steve is really kind of stumped right now. Let me explain. Fans are people who adore what you do, adore <laughs> Shut your work. Shut the fuck up, Gary. Uh, so sorry about that. James. Okay, he just so, doesn't know what fans so, are. So you, I'm the one fan. I, I'm, I'm your one fan, Steve. Oh, thank you, thank you, Dave. Here's the guy. Oh, fuck you, Gary. Here's the guy. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> are you in now, Chicago, February sixth? <laughs> we need the fuck audience up. members. So, so Dave, so. You, you, your adoration for Chicago has always been uh, known. It's always been evident because you were one of the few guys, if not the only guy, to actually have stayed in Chicago over the summer. And you lived there. And that's kind of when I got to know you when I was living there. But this is my favorite thing about you is that you get a day with the cup. So your first day with the cup, what did they tell you not to do? They said, do not do this with the cup. Um, was that when, was that when me and Eager took it to Wrigley Field? <laughs> they tell him, yeah. Right. So they say, do not but, take the Stanley Cup to Wrigley so, Field. And so e- explain yeah. what, what you did that yeah, day. So, <laughs> so we, oh, well, we, were, we had a few drinks, but, um, <laughs> we were probably drinking for a few days, but, um, I just remember them saying, don't take the Stanley Cup to Wrigley Field. And we're like, fuck, why not? Like, let the fans see it. The fans want to see the cup, right? So I think it was like me, Eager, and Bursch. We took the Stanley Cup to uh, we took it to uh, to the rooftops, and then it just got crazy. Then we had cops everywhere, and I think we had people everywhere, and it was just not like we couldn't walk down the street because people just people weren't even watching the the Cubs game. Uh, they were, they were turning around in their seats and they saw us on the rooftops and they're taking pictures of us, and it was just pretty funny like, how it all was going down. Let me realize after, like, ah, they're probably right. We shouldn't have taken it. <laughs> well, you technically didn't take it to Wrigley Field. You yeah, took te- it to the you rooftop. Took it to the rooftop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. technically, you didn't really yeah. do it. So you didn't break any rules. But you guys actually, all you can eat, uh, yeah, all you can eat, all you can drink. <laughs> you caused such a ruckus outside of Wrigley. You had to get a police escort out of there, right? Yeah, we had. Our, I think I think you remember our friend Barney there. Uh, yeah, he was. He was, uh, and we had to call him. We're like, hey, like. Like we can't even get out of the front door of this this building. Um, it's like barricaded. People are like trying to rip the door off to get in. Um, <laughs> and so the cops had to like come in, like barricade, like get through all like a huge crowd of people and like get us out of this place. It was it was incredible. I, I couldn't believe it. And are are these stories true? By the way, Dave, you hear this all the time because obviously all the players get to spend time with the cup, bring it home, this, that, and the other. It, is it true? Yeah. I'm not saying you specifically, but like you hear these rumors of what guys are actually doing with the cup, or <laughs> you know who they're doing it with, or who they're what, bending over the cup. You think I'm fucking lying? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm wondering is this that is that Stanley Cup on some uh, website uh, like beige.com or something like that, or submit your flicks. Well, let's move on from yeah. this subject because I think we all we could, we're all grown we all, men here. We, we can all, all know do the, the math deal. on that. Now, I got to ask right. you, Dave. You look. You go to any successful guy's office. They have a Sports Illustrated cover somewhere in that office, framed, signed by something. It's so iconic to be on the cover of Sports Illustrated. You had that honor. You got to be on the cover representing the Hawks because I believe not only did you help to win the championship, but you did something that every kid dreams of in their driveway, playing street hockey, playing with their friends. You get a basketball in your hand. You got a minute left. You scored a game-winning goal to win the Stanley Cup for the team with a minute left. I mean, and, and the crazy thing is you guys are down by a goal, two minutes left, you guys score yep. to tie it up, and you're thinking, okay, we're going to go to OT. That We did it. What is your mindset as you take 
as you take the ice, knowing that you guys just tied it up and you're going to go to OT, is maybe what you're thinking. I, I don't know that most guys are thinking we're going to score here. What is your mentality? Well, first of all, I think we're thinking like, okay, this game's over with. We're going back. We're going back to Chicago for for game. I think it was game seven, right? Maybe one game six. Right. Um, they're like, okay, well, fuck it. Let's just keep playing hard. And like, as a team, we we never gave up. We were always a team, and we always went out there and battled as a team. And we we always did that. Um, so I think it was like two minutes left. Big uh, scores and it's tied. We're like, okay, well. Let's get this to OT, and we can we can we can we can take this tonight. We had no thought of of winning it right there. Like not even my chance. I was I was always thinking go out there just play it safe. I was never going out there like gotta get a goal, gotta get a goal. Right. Um, I think when you're when you're out there with a few minutes left, you're you're thinking get a goal, but you're also thinking let's let's keep this safe. You don't want to you don't want another goal here to happen on on us. So right. Um, so then we went out there. I think it was me, Kruger, and Felique, and I think we set up in our own zone. We came out. I'm not sure if it was our own zone or we set it up or, or the face-off draw, but uh, we dumped it in, went in. I think I, I think Felique, or I, I was behind the net, and I either passed it to Felique or just gave it back. And Felique, I think, gave it back to uh, Oduya, and he shot it, and it got through, and the puck was literally just sitting right there. With, yeah. Like you said, a minute left, and I said to put it in the back of the net, and I did that, and I went in. And like you said, it's it is it's a it's a it's a kid's dream in Canada, or a kid's dream for for the NBA championship to hit the yeah. two or three pointer or, or anything. Like I think you, it's true, you, you do have that when you're a kid. Uh, and then for you, it's probably for the best Pittsburgh Penguins winning it, right? <laughs> It was one of those things. Uh, yeah, it was just it's it's one of those things that every kid dreams of, and and I and I had the chance to do it, and uh, it was a special moment, and it was to uh, to win the Stanley Cup. I mean, you'll never have to buy a beer in Chicago ever again for that moment because everybody remembers it. I mean, you won the game, and the great thing about it is you go back and you watch the video, and you score this goal, <laughs> and you you literally have every right to tear your shirt off and scream and smile. You look so stoic. Uh, how do how are you, how are you keeping your composure? Are you thinking we still got to win this or how are you not well, I, going I, out of your mind? I, well, I, I, it's pretty funny. That I, like when I shot it and I went to get my, my, my hands loose when it went in the back of the net, uh, my hands got caught. And yeah. Cause one glove comes like, off and then, and just, then you take them both off. Yeah. And I was just like, ah, oh, fuck it. Put the other one off. <laughs> so they both fell off. And uh, the guys are like, yeah, we know we still have about like a minute left, uh, almost 54 seconds left. I was like, oh shit! So I had to go back. I think <laughs> my mind was just running. That my mind was just out of control, and there's so much adrenaline running through me that I was like, oh boy, um, oh yeah, I forgot about that. So I remember <laughs> us going. I remember us going off, off the ice, and I was sitting on the bench, and Quinn was like, hey, go back out. I'm like. I'm not going back out. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm done. Not, I'm, not, I'm not. I just scored the goal. I'm like, right. I'm not going back out there. And then you never know. There's 57 seconds left. You to, never know. To, yeah. You never know what's going to happen. Like a little, a fluke goal or anything could happen. I was like, screw that. I was like, I'll stay off. But <laughs> I went back out there, won a draw, and then dumped it in and got off. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, again, it's a testament to. To I think what we're going back to in terms of your character is that you've always stepped up, you've always kept it positive, you're always driving, you were you've earned everything you have, and you look at your stats, 408 games you got, you crossed the 200 point mark, which is, you know, it's, it's amazing in itself in your career, but then 67 games in the playoff, 43 points, that's unbelievable, but you've always stepped up in the playoffs, shorthanded goals. Goals like that that are clutch. So you're just a big-time player. And then you transition from going from winning the Cup to being traded to your hometown team. I mean, What is that like being a little kid growing up in Ontario, looking at the Leafs? They're like, I, I think the comparison in the States would be if you're a football fan, you're thinking Steelers or Cowboys, Yankees in the yep. in, you know baseball. Toronto is yep. the mecca of hockey, and now you're representing – your your childhood dream. I mean, what is that like? It was. It was. It, it was. It was. It was weird because I was on such a high from winning the Stanley Cup and 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 doing all that. To a few weeks later, being traded to where I grew up, to the team that I watched, and 
team that I watched growing up the whole time was was the Toronto Maple Leafs, and, and to get treated there was was an honor as well. Um, I think I always uh, thank Stan and that for and the Blackhawks for for what they've done to me and what they what they've uh, what they've done with me. Um, right. And I've always respected them for that. And to go back home to play in Toronto was 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 just a pleasure as well. Yeah, and, and, and I gotta say, I gotta ask you this: What is it like to win the cup, be traded to Toronto, and then, like, have, to be able to share the, that with your parents? I mean, what are your parents thinking? Because your your father, like oh, you said, he comes over from Scotland. He doesn't know shit about hockey. He loves soccer. Well, he said he did. Yeah. Here is <laughs> yeah, and then here's his son, and he's he's at the pinnacle of the of of the nation's favorite pastime. And on top of that, he's playing in the hometown team where he he is going to a bar watching these games. And now his son's putting on that sweater. What's your what's your parents' mentality and your family's mentality? It was nice. It was nice to be home with family and, and to be close to family. Uh, I was always. Uh, a flight away or uh, an eight-hour drive. I was always living away from home since I was since I was fifteen, sixteen. So to come back home and to to live in Toronto and to be in Toronto and to see friends and family it was it was a pleasure. It was always nice. It was a, it was a good time. Absolutely. And so you you're you know as the business dynamic of sports entertainment is involved. You know, unfortunately, mm-hmm. you you got twenty three games I think in Toronto. You you got severely injured with a, with an ankle tendon, which could have derailed your your professional career, literally. You could have been done. Uh, are, are yeah, you, it was. Are you thinking, like, I, I mean, uh, what is that doing to your to your mindset, again, your mentality, where, where your livelihood is jeopardized? <laughs> no. How do you keep it on the up there? It was, it was. I remember being in Vancouver, we were, we were the least, we were doing great. We, we were, I think we were first in the stand, and everything was going well, and we were uh, we were up on a high and we were doing great and the the city was up on a high. It was it was like it is now with the uh, with the Jew, with the uh, the Jays winning the pennant. There. It's, right. It's it was it was such a high. We were doing well and things were going great and um, we played Vancouver and I just I don't know where a skate just out of nowhere just gets aside of my uh, my tendon. Uh, oh. Perry O'Neill. It's it was never my my back tendon. It was my side. Right, uh, that runs up uh, your ankle bone, but um, that happens. And I remember going inside, and the trainers were like, "Oh, you might be good. Uh, it doesn't look like it might just be just the just the uh, stitches, and you can get back out there." And oh, I was Jesus. like, "Ah, like my my ankle's not really moving. Like I can't move right. it from side to side." Yeah. The uh, the doctor, the uh, the doctor, main doctor that they had in Vancouver came in and stuck his finger in. He's like, "Yeah, he's like your your peritoneal is." Cut right off. Oh. So I had to stay in. So I had to stay in Vancouver for four days, have a surgery, oh. come back, uh, get on a flight, come back, and it was painful. I didn't, I didn't do anything for a month. I'm, I'm still trying to, still trying to build. I'm still getting building muscle from that. And wow, getting stronger. But it was, it was, it was, it was one of those things that I looked up and I was like, like, could my career be done? It just could hinder something. Like, what's like, what's going to happen here? And, I think I had a great staff in Toronto with uh, that helped me out with that. Um, right. Their training staff was great with me, and uh, their uh, their trainer Anthony Bell also was one guy that that helped me get back to where I was. Uh, they pushed me every day, and there's days I'd go on the ice and I couldn't even turn left. I tried turning uh, left, and I just couldn't. I just couldn't put weight on it, and my feet would come right under me. Um, it was just one of those things. I was like, like, is this going to screw up my career? Is is this the end of my hockey career? Is this where where it's finishing and you do, you, you don't think about what's going to happen next. Like well, I'm done hockey. Um, am I just going to stop into another job and make the same salary? Uh, right, right. not. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. uh, but it was, it's one of those, it's one of those things you get in the back of your head. You think about it and think about it, but I think I just had a great staff and in Toronto and my trainer back in London, Ontario, uh, that helped me out in that summer. I worked really hard to, to, to build strength and to get stronger and, I, I've done that. I mean, what's what's more painful, like an injury like that, or watching Steve perform live? Okay. Um, so, <laughs> by the so, way, by the way, playing, getting the cup for the Blackhawks career highlight, the Gentleman's Dojo career low light. Okay. So, Dave, <laughs> your parents must be so proud. So you heal up, you get on the mend, you're back, you're back in action, and you get traded. You literally go from the hotbed of 
Hockey in Canada to a franchise that maybe could resemble what you walked into with the Blackhawks in 06 down in Florida. And what is your mentality when you get traded down down south to Florida? No, well, I, well, not that I got traded down. So I never got or, traded. Yeah, not uh, not traded, was, but a, a new contract. I, uh, I was, a con- yeah, yeah. I was a free. I was a free agent, and that's when you hit that twenty-eight. When you hit twenty-eight, you you can go out and shop the market. And um, there was other teams that were sharp shopping out there, but I knew uh, I knew Dale Town and what he did with our team in uh, in, in Chicago. Uh, what he put together there was was. He was going to put something together here in in Florida, and that's what they're doing here. And I think we have great owners. They're they're treating us like gold, and they're doing everything they can to help us out to to get where we need to be. Um, and Dale Talon too, and everybody in, in the Florida Panther, the organization. Ever since I've gotten here, they've been great to me and great to whoever uh, we're building. We're almost like you said, is almost like those Chicago days, right? Uh, with not that many fans, but we're building our fans here. We're getting bigger and better, and uh, we missed last year. We missed the uh, playoffs by, I think it was three or four, five points. So we were right there, and it's just going to be a bigger season for us this year. Well, I think it's a testament to the franchise and what you guys have done in terms of winning for Yager to want to stay one extra, you know, a, another year or two. I mean, that's that's pretty amazing because this is a guy that's got some fuel left in the tank and you know he, he can contri- contribute he's an amazing player he's obviously in great shape and he'll he'll help a team win I mean he's amazing so that's got to be a huge plus to know that Yager believes in the team and he said it publicly but I got to ask you selfishly as a as a Penguins fan and you're working with one of the legends of the game the fact that the guy's still <laughs> I feel playing like, I feel like How you have it? like a little love for, for Yager here I do. I, I've loved him through you that have, like, mullet. You have like a little extra, like little, little bit of like, like maybe like boyfriend, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, and, like, if Steve, yeah. If Steve had the cup for the night and uh, he went over to his okay, place, okay. I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know where Gary's going to take this, but yeah, I could see myself. I, me and and Yager going to Yankee Candle and picking out some candles. Sure. together. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Thelma and Louise, he and I driving off a cliff together. You know, he, him bound up and me and a gun to his head. Absolutely. Yeah. But but what is it like playing with a guy who, look, 10 years from now, he's going to be one of those iconic names that is remembered in the lure of the NHL. Yeah. And you got to you got to share space with the with locker room with this guy. What is that like playing with a legend? It's pretty good. It's pretty unbelievable. Like you, you hear a lot about the guy and you can you see how many points he put up. He's, he is basically he's played over 1,400 games in the NHL and he has over how many points? Um, I know every game we played last year, he was every game was like oh, another milestone for Yager, another right. milestone for Yager. So it's pretty <laughs> yeah. unbelievable. But but it is. It's true. You're playing with a legend that's that's been in every era and he's played. I think almost in the 80s, 90s. I don't know. Not sure which year was his rookie year. Um, but he's played 90s to 20s to teens and he's yeah. gone through it all. Um, and to to share a locker room with him and. To hear some of his stories is is, is pretty crazy, and, <laughs> and uh, it's an honor to play with a guy like that. Now, on, on the on the flip side, when you're in Chicago at, at, during those during that time, you guys had a great rivalry with the Canucks. Now, what is what is it like sharing sharing a locker room with Roberto Luongo? That's good. Yeah, I mean, you get over that stuff. Those are those like even our uh, Willie Mitchell. He was a guy that was there as well with the Canucks. Um, right. You get over that. You 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 get over that. Uh, you get over that kind of like enemy kind of stage. It's it's you play against each other, but uh, now you go to war with each other. Um, Absolutely. I know. I'd I'd, be, I'd back up uh, long ago any day with anything. He's he is he's one of the best goalies in the league. He's our backbone to our team, and he's he's going to be a legend as well. He'll be in the the yeah. hot game for sure. And, and he's he... one of those guys. He seems to have a great sense of humor. He's got a huge Twitter following. His, you know, Twitter seems to be a great outlet for his sense of humor. Is that something he brings to the uh, to the locker room as well? He does. He's got. He's, he's funny. He, he, he's a quiet guy, but he, he he trips up a little bit and has a few laughs. So it's funny when you when you hear from him. But uh, but he's also a serious. Like I, I could see how he could. He was one of the captains there in uh, in Vancouver when they did switch him over. He's he's a leader. Um, I think you see in his heart, and you see when he plays out there, and that. He wants to win, and uh, that's what you want to see in your players and, and in your goalie. 
Yeah. Well, we're we're coming close to the end. I just have one or two more questions for you. I got to ask you, since you've been in the league, who has been your favorite teammate? Who who do you just you you go to the rink? Maybe you you, you don't want to go to the practice facility, but you just you show up and this guy's always there and he's just a gem. Who who is that guy for you in all your years? Uh, probably Ben Eager. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think you've met Ben yeah. uh, a few times, Steve. He, he's always a uh, he was always a great guy. He was a funny guy, either winning or losing. He was always there. He was always a guy that would always uh, pop up, have a few jokes, a uh, few one good one liners, and you'd have a bad day, and that would just pop you up and be like, ah, screw it. That's like, great. <laughs> he was always that kind of guy. He was always a, a funny guy, a good kind of be around. And I got to ask you, who is your who is who, in your opinion, is the best player you've played against? The best player I played against? Yes. Um, I'd have to say the Sedins. They're wow. You've been playing against them and 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 going toe to toe with them every playoffs, uh, almost two or three playoff rounds that we played against them. Uh, they're unbelievable players. They're great players, and you see you see what they do in and out and. Uh, just both of them together, trying to trying to take care of one and trying to take care of the other one. It's it's not that easy. Um, right. Tough players, and you see you see what they do on a night when they're cycling the puck in between guys' legs, and you're spinning, and they got you spinning. Uh, they were two great players uh, that I played against. That's great to know that there was such a healthy rivalry, especially because you were out there to shut those guys down. And to see, you know, sometimes boils on the ice, but to know that there's still that healthy respect off the ice. And that that's great to hear. Uh, I got to ask you this last thing. Um, as we go into this new season, in preseason, it has been demonstrated with the three-on-threes. Uh, how do you, what's your take on going from, you know, pushing the shootouts more, more, more towards the back of it, not making it such a prominent thing, and seeing if the NHL can get more scoring with these three-on-threes? I, as a fan, am personally excited about it. From what I've seen, how do you feel as a player going into a three-on-three overtime format? I'm going over three-on-three. I think we played against Dallas the other night, and it was – you can't screw up, basically. You can't – if you get caught up there and you're tired, you can't get off. you got to stay out there if it's in your own zone. you gotta be, you got to be right. When you're in their, you're in when you're in their zone, you've got to – You've got to just boil it down and keep it simple. Wear them down and make sure you get your changes in the zone. Uh, it's, it's, I think one of our guys did it against Nashville. He came off the ice and one guy was lagging back, was just like, oh, and easily turned it over. Uh, one of our players against Nashville and they just threw the puck up and he's on a breakaway. Yeah. So you got to be, uh, you got to be ready. It's, it's, it's. If you can easily be in the three on two or or anything, um, but it was so quick. I think we played Dallas the other night and we were in our zone, just circling around, circling around. And we just one mistake and they were gone. And I think they scored in the in the three on three. But I think right. it's going to be exciting for fans and and, and it's going to I think it's going to make it a little more quicker than the four on four. I think you'll. You'll see a lot more games being uh, being over a lot quicker than, than before. Yeah, well, I mean, I know you guys are going to get banged up, and it's probably going to tire you guys out over the course of the 82-game season. But i got to say, as a fan, it's going to be exhilarating. I'm so excited. Uh, before we leave, I do want to talk about your foundation. Do you want to tell the folks what it is you do? And, you know, you put your name on it, and, it, and it's a great cause. Do you want to explain to the folks what that is? Yeah, it's the David Bowen Foundation. We do it uh, back home in Toronto. We did it in Chicago for a bit, um, but I left there and I came to Florida. Uh, it's tough to, to to help it out there still, but we still do it uh, there with my buddy Derek Jankar. It's the uh, we help out with a remix project. Uh, it's for underprivileged kids and kids in uh, not the best area to, to get out of trouble and not to be in trouble. Uh, to go in and do art, rap, or hip hop, sing, and uh, computers, uh, anything to just to get them out of trouble. And, not have them in jail or, or, or anything bad. Uh, right. The main thing. And I think a guy like Derek Jankar was a guy that, that started it in Toronto. It's called the Remix Project. Um, he started that, and now he's got it rolling in uh, Chicago. We got one going there, and he's done a he's done a terrific job with that. Uh, we do a golf tournament back home in Toronto um, every summer, and we have a little fun with it. So it's 
it's a good organization, and uh, I think Derek's done a great job with, with building it. Well, not only is Derek a great guy, but he's also a very handsome man with a with a ponytail now. He's got a great mane. Um, uh, he's a great ponytail. He's married. <laughs> and he's married now, which is great. Uh, yeah, so, he's married now, yeah. Dave, Dave Bolin Foundation, folks, look it up. Support the cause. It's a great one. You know, it's so nice to see that you're giving back to the fine folks. Uh, we and cannot... Dave, you gave us a great idea, by the way. I just Here figured this whole thing out. God, Steve is filming his special in Chicago next February. Obviously, nobody gives a shit. Nobody's going to come. But Jesus on the marquee, Christ. we're going to advertise, <laughs> come meet the Stanley Cup. We'll put a big ad, come meet the Stanley Cup. You'll come out, do your bullshit. They'll think they're going to meet the Stanley Cup at the end. Right. We'll at least get fans in there. And then at the end, we'll just tell them no Stanley Cup. At that point, the show will be over with. But at least we'll get an excited group in there Gary, for a few minutes. Are, uh, but thank you, Dave. Being. At least we know. We should advertise oh, that in every Christ. city. Fuck just you. something to get yeah, people we'll out. Get out there for, we'll get out there for you. The Stanley Cup uh, sells more Dave, merch don't than take his Steve. side. Fuck both <laughs> you guys now. Uh, <laughs> so you can follow Dave at Dave Boland on Twitter. Uh, Dave, we wish you all the best in Florida with yes. the Panthers this year. We're going to be rooting for you. I'm going to make my way down there at some point to, to catch a game. We're so you happy better. for you. Continued success, my friend. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you for having me, guys. It's a pleasure. Steve's got a lot of free time. You'll see him at many games. <laughs> Can you let the guy talk? Sorry. <laughs> He's being cordial. Big fan, Dave. It's <laughs> Boland, right? <laughs> Jesus, Gary. I'm a fish. Shut He's up. Boland, He's the worst. Don't listen to him. So anyways, Dave, thank you so much. Kill it in Florida, pal. Okay, thanks, bud. It was okay. a pleasure. Thank you anytime. Absolutely, bud. Uh, Bye, so, Dave. so we're at the conclusion of yeah. the Gentleman's Dojo here. Uh, anything you want to... Oh, you want to uh, give away something? Of course. Yeah, yeah. Well, in the spirit of this episode, yeah. we want to do something uh, sponsored by the NHL. So we're going to do a little gift card to the NHL store, which you can get tickets, you can get a jersey, whatever it is. We'll do a $250 gift card from wow. the fine folks of the NHL store for our 11th caller right now with the phrase that pays. Let's do it. The 11th caller, phrase that pays. A do gift card now. to the NHL store. To the NHL store. That's How great is that? Uh, guys, I got to tell you, we I just went on iTunes the other day, saw yeah. a lot of nice reviews. People are starting to rate us. Yeah. Keep those nice reviews coming. Keep any reviews coming because if you don't like something, write about it. Maybe we'll change course. It could be constructive criticism. Sure. We appreciate it. Uh, they can find you at... Canon Comedy. That's <laughs> such a joke. <laughs> uh, you can find me at Steve Byrne Live. And again, we will be in Chicago together. Yeah. Saturday, February 6th. I'll be filming my new hour special. With the Stanley at, Cup. Uh, yeah, okay. We need that. At there, the dude. Lincoln Hall Theater. We Hopefully it. we'll see you guys there. And uh, we'll be on the road. So all tour yeah. dates, SteveBurnLive.com or just follow us at Steve Byrne Live. Thank you guys very much for all things comedy. Gentlemen's Dojo.